Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast about unofficial Fargo, about the FX television series. I just like messing with the opening now. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me and my buddy Sharpie. Sharpie, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, did you know? I just like messing around now. Did you know we have a sponsor as well? Oh, Oh, yeah. Your bottle did not make as cool a noise. No, it didn't. Well, that is that is a F- Fargo Brewing Company beer, and our podcast is sponsored by FargoBrewingCompany.com. Go there, check it out, and most importantly, look at the wood chipper. It's a Fargo thing. <laughs> Worst show intro <laughs> to date. You. Thank you, Bill. I don't know, man. It's Sunday. What do you want me to do? Uh, I want you to do this <laughs> podcast with me. I'm here, buddy. I'm here with you. Okay. So your second watch through, you got any major? You got any major thoughts? I I found myself being. I feel like I got a lot of what I needed out in the hot dish, but there's maybe some more. Uh, there's more. I think this episode is probably the most. Uh, in my mind, it's the most complex in terms of in terms of like underlying themes and whatnot. Um, the title is the House of Special Purpose. Um. Which is, which has an interesting history. Um, the actual house of special purpose. Um, so I was thinking about that a little bit, and I'm not like too knowledgeable on the house of special purpose. But mm-hmm. uh, when I started reading about it, I did notice some kind of interesting things. Uh, it, in like the Pravda na Pravda kind of theme. Sure. Um, yeah. Which is kind of came, what it wraps up. up this entire. Uh, episode is the whole like what is a what is truth what is a fact you know right um so uh like part of the the why that house of why the house of special purpose uh which is what it became known as became like famous was because of the murder of the imperial family yeah uh, in russia so like i said i'm not like too privy to uh russian history but what I found interesting about that story uh, was when you're talking about one of the the guys who's responsible for passing information to this house where the imperial family was staying or kind of imprisoned, I guess, for... Uh, yeah, they thought that they kind of... It's one of those, we're, wait, are we in hiding or are we prisoners? Yeah, right. So they're it's, kind it's, of... Uh, it's for your safety to stay in house. Yes, you cannot leave. Would you like more vodka? So they're kind of, they're this family's imprisoned in the house. This imperial family's imprisoned in the house, and part of the like some of the people that are uh, organizing this imprisonment are passing around fake information that will basically be used against the family and be able to justify murdering them inevitably. Um, so it's a whole nother like pravda na pravda, um, creating facts uh, like theme mm-hmm. that we kind of have going on throughout the entire episode. Yeah, I mean, all the way down to when she talks about, you know, if we're going to skip, we're going to talk about this whole Pravda and the Pravda, you know, uh, the scene where Sai is um, talking to Nikki, uh, where he calls her a double asshole, basically. Asshole. Asshole. Um, you know, they're talking about what she believes to be the truth, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, factual. And, you know, and she's like, well, we're asking 
we were asking a hundred grand and it switches it to that and to tell her the other truth, you know, like she's, it's, they're just having this out in the open convo. Yeah. About the other truth, the other truth, you know, and it's, she's, she's pretty much unfazed by the whole deal. But mm-hmm. so let's, let's, since we're into this and we're talking about this, you know, this, so this is this Russian family, the house of special purposes where they were held. It was a merchant's house. Uh, and it was, you know, if you feel like looking it up, uh, Emperor Nicholas II of Russia, uh, he and his whole family murdered or executed, whatever, same mm-hmm. deal, uh, in this place. And everyone, they just basically gone missing. it. I don't think they officially found their bodies until the 90s or, or was it the 70s? You know what? 20 years, big deal. But uh, I, I think we got to go. So let's go back to this. Um, let's go back to this because everything that started this was was the wife finding the envelope that says Emmett Stussy for your eyes only. Um, and of course, well, yeah, you're going to, what, what spouse wouldn't open that up if it was sitting on their front steps, you know? Of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it you, also makes make- me wonder if, uh, you know, she also already wasn't slightly unhappy in this marriage, even though they just did celebrate their, you know, big, they had a big shindig for their anniversary and, and whatnot. But does she have a lot of trust in Emmett or is it maybe because he's just acting weird lately um because not only did she just open the envelope but she's also like really quick to she did not hesitate to take it for face value um and just assume and and just say yep that's my husband despite it looking like a caricature of her husband uh, i would right. think she would be able to recognize her own husband especially you know banging somebody um uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it's been a while for them. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this was maybe just like the straw that broke the camel's back or something. And she was just, uh, she was sort of like already making decisions in her mind. And this was just the final, like, I'm going to open this, see what this is all about. This uh, weird guy came and ate at our house. That's weird. What's that all about? Uh <laughs> refused to eat in the uh, dining room, kind of all this stuff. And she's just like, stuff's adding up and building up for Stella. And I think that this was just the final thing because she, she just took it for face value and she took off. He didn't, she, she didn't even give Emmett a chance to explain anything, which would have been kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, to see that go down. Yeah. But, but isn't that kind of Midwestern, though, the, the, the idea of not actually having any real conflict is just, just to bury it and disappear? And I feel like a little bit of this, I totally am thinking all the things you're thinking. I, I agree with you. But I'm, I'm, as you're saying it, I'm thinking, too, just about even like the movie and Gene Lundegaard and what, what that was like, you know, kind of, I mean... The Cohen brothers always seem to have doofuses in movies, multiple doofuses, mm-hmm. you know, or dingbats or just people who are, you know, just, you know, just a sandwich short of a picnic kind of thing. And I just wonder if that's part of what it is. You know, you're like, oh, come on. Of course you would know. But at the same time, who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, she she, she gets it and she plays it. And then she's like, Let me, I'm going to take the grandma. I mean, like the other, you know, like in some other type of universe that's not the Cohen brothers, he would come home, the locks would be changed, and all his shit would be in the yard, right? Mm-hmm. But in this situation, she's like, I'm going to leave this beautiful house in Eden Prairie, roll mom back into the van, and, and get the hell out of Dodge. But 
But yeah, mm-hmm. I did wonder, like, how do you not notice, like, your husband's hair doesn't look that bad? <laughs> you know? she And, like, nah, he doesn't... He doesn't do it like that. Doesn't he, do it like that with me, does he? doesn't do it like that. Not with me. Yeah, I think they're a missionary for life couple. Probably. But, but yeah, I don't know. I it, It's 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 one little hang-up I had with that. But I guess it's one of those, you know, I'm tr- I was trying not to, like, overly hang on that plot point. Yeah, I know. I, I know. You know. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. Uh, I yeah. just... I just found it. It's just an observation, really. Um, but, but I do think it's it's also the reason that it gives us for this whole scenario between Nikki and and Ray in the beginning, where he he pulls off this just horrible mm-hmm. horrible proposal while they're setting up this fake porn scene, you know. And I still. I don't know. I had somebody. I had somebody. We had a bunch of messages. I, I think this might have been from Vicky uh, on Facebook sent in. She because she was she had she had this little bit of a hunch that that maybe you know if you play out the whole episode that she was in on this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she took a beat down for the purpose of messing up Psy, You know, and that's why she stayed down until Psy left. But she didn't go that far. But I mean, I'm, that's that's the natural assumption I'm giving that. But I've seen that been that's been brought up in a couple other places too. Oh, it has. Yeah, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I do either. I just, but I'm I just could just be you know, punch drunk over Nikki just as much as Ray is. Yeah, I. You might be right. I, I, th- I think that's the way we're supposed to feel, though, isn't it? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> ab- ab- about her, I mean, it's 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 all of those things, and I just. I do want him to get his mustache back because that haircut Ray had <laughs> with the mustache kind of worked, but the minute that mustache is gone, um, he really he really just looks like um, I don't know what's his face from uh, the Buffalo Bill. <laughs> if you're from uh, Silence from of the Lambs, uh, yeah. Doesn't he have? It's the same guy. Who Ted plays Levine that. is that his name? Yeah, I can't remember. But still. Bob Levine, what is it? <laughs> oh, now you got me. He got me digging into this. Uh, Levine, it's something. Levine of the Lambs. Is this where we testing your knowledge here? <laughs> but anyway, I I haven't found it yet. So sorry. It's too slow. Too slow. I can't get there. You know what? Let's let people tell us. <laughs> it's Ted Levine. I got it right. Oh, is it? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still just the, the parts that stick out more than me worrying about her being ganged up was the is is this certain amount of stuff that she's she's just nonchalant about. You know, about this just all seems so normal to her. Like I'm trying to decide what kind of criminal she is. You know. Well, she, this 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 sex tape wasn't real hard for her, and you know, and the, what was the comment about the? She is still a criminal. We have it. to remember that. Yeah, yeah, she's a felon on parole or or, or some sort of criminal on parole, and yeah. that she's <laughs> where she's like, do you want to do it like this or do you want to do like what's something about? She says, do you want to do like a classic bedroom <laughs> bed scene? But in the middle of it, Ray is somehow smitten with the kitten. And the bag on the 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 thing in the background is something about the cat's cat's eye or something like that. So I'm I'm just gonna 
throw that out early that I think she survives because of this calico cat thing going on. And I think she's going to, I think she's got multiple lives. We'll see. I did. I mean, we've got so much of her sweetness in this scene, despite the fact that they're basically, you know, framing or not they're or they're blackmailing, plotting a blackmail. Um, but one thing she said that really stood out to me was, uh, when they're talking about the the high roller, the guy who's going to sponsor their bridge team. Uh, oh, the plumber guy. Yeah. The, or the plum, plumbing supply guy. Uh, Bert Lerdsman. Lerds. Yes. I'm so uh, glad you remember that one. <laughs> uh, she says, like, he's, uh, he's feeling really bad about missing, because remember he went out to get a couple of drinks after his day, and he missed the meeting with Bert Lerdsman. And she says, yeah. a day like you had, I've had stopped for a sidecar too. She's not even mad at him. She's not mad that he uh, bailed on their important meeting that was supposed to set up their future. Uh, she just totally, she's totally into it. She's just like, oh, man, a day like you had, I would have done the same thing. She's she's either really good at playing this like lovey-dovey girlfriend or she's really yeah, she's like, uh, like genuine. Yeah. She's like, I smell what you're stepping in, man. Yeah. I feel like she just moved on from it. For Pete's right? sake, she's wearing a hooker wig. Talk. Oh, I'll take that off before the proposal though. What, you know, what do you make though of this? Um, well, okay. So if we're going to go somewhat in order, so yeah, eventually he goes home. He's I, I, do, do, I feel like did they name her Stella just so he could scream Stella as she drove away in true like streetcar name desire fashion? <laughs> Maybe uh, Esther because he was like Stella. <laughs> Esther, um, size wife's name might be a reference to a serious man. Oh, very much so. Which is funny because that he's in that movie. Science. Yeah. Um, I did think he was. I don't know. I feel like everybody watched this video a little longer than they had to. What the sex video? <laughs> the sex tape. Like, like, how many seconds do you need to watch it to just go? Oh, that's not me. That's my brother. But then he just stands there, just kind of checking out his doggy technique. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm gonna read this. Nail me, Emmett. <laughs> it's because it's because they're fully clothed, basically. So everybody's yeah. trying to get a little peek. Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, she is the hot. Like, I'm just gonna watch this uh, one second longer for research purposes. Just is that a? <laughs> oh no, nope, nope, not quite. One more second. Give me one more second. One. I'm close. Yeah. I'm close. <laughs> I'm close. Baseball. There, baseball. Boom. Side boob. <laughs> side boob. Oh god. I okay. So here's the scene I want to break down. Okay. This what? The, this is important. This is the balls. The the cup. World's best dad. Let's get. I can. I can gloss right by uh, a VM's um, wife cock pastrami sandwich business <laughs> fatness and the mild anti-Semitic, anti-Jew joking. Oh man, that was just brutal. But you see what he's doing. I mean, that's the beginning of what you're about to talk to. But he's he's Vargas breaking him down emotionally. I I honestly my my t- until I hear. Otherwise, from somebody in the cast crew, that cup was empty. I think. You think? Yes. What I makes think you cup, think that? I think the cup was empty, and I think that I think it got edited 
and we missed the part because if you go watch it, right, he picks it up and then you watch him do it and he unzips and then there's that low angle and you're like, oh, he's going to piss in it, right? And But he doesn't. He picks it up and then he just just puts all his stuff in it. Now, here's the deal. I get it. VM Varg is a crazy guy. But I mean, if you put your cock and balls in a mug and then start to urine with it, like fully inside it. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering any where decent you're going of, I mean, anyone who's <laughs> filled a cup at the doctor knows you're barely going to get off, you know, six to eight ounces before. I mean, unless he's working with a micro penis, which my guess is if you're going to put it in the mug, you don't have one. You know, you got yourself a set of. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's showing it off here. Yeah, so he's filling the mug with his fleshiness, not the urine, is my thought, right? So yeah. play along with me, and you okay, can go yeah. back and rewatch this. I'm so he does that, and, that's, to, and, and to stay along and, and watch visualize it, watch this. Because go watch it. He's like twisting it I'm and moving it. it. Like he's, he's trying to get like maximum ball sweat and just <laughs> fromunda cheese on there. And then at one point, he literally, he's holding it almost like, like perpendicular to his body. Yeah. And he eventually kind of settles it down, but the last scene before he pulls out, he has that thing. All that piss would be all over the front of his pants. And even if it was full of water, it would all be over the front of his pants, right? I think he's using the cup yeah, as, right. as, a, as, a, as a metaphor or whatever you want to call it for his wife and him and everything he's going to do to him. He's like, I'm going to, f- I am squarely going to fuck you in the ass. And so he, he finally pulls out, sets it down. But the way he sets it down doesn't does seem to insinuate there might be some fluid in it. Mm-hmm. But then he goes into the whole the chicken season another way, the egg another, so let's start again, right? And he says, just as your wife would not be your wife in the cold cut, whatever. So eventually he tells him to go sit down, right? Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, you have you look like you have shock. The cup is sitting there. See where it's sitting yep. on the desk? Yeah. I think it maybe got cut for time because you kind of see him reaching for it, but when it finally comes back into the scene, it comes from behind him. And maybe this is just, you know, uh, continuity errors, but I feel like maybe it got... I was trying to look in the scene and be like, does he have a bubbler in the office somewhere? What's going on? Yeah, so are you thinking that Yuri possibly grabbed the cup, filled it with something... Something. And then handed it to but him? But I don't, I don't know where he would have done that. And I just... I don't know. That's just a lot of... You know what, having having watched, now I need to go back and, you know what, I don't need to. I, I just, the whole thing, having seen the other urine montage, mm-hmm. that was a lot of seriously uh, golden showering, mm-hmm. you know? And this just seemed super like it was water. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just, maybe they just, for the sake of TV and censorship... Oh, I wonder if that was a censor thing. They literally couldn't show it be really yellow. Do you think? In an episode where they said fuck a couple yeah, times? I don't know, man. Especially when, like, there's that scene where he's literally, I mean, like, fuck, tipping the can... cup and you're looking in the cup. When was the last time you ever had urine that clean with the exception of maybe six beers deep on a bar night? Right. <laughs> the... Anyway, so I don't know. I don't it think could he... could be a censor thing. That's a good point. We didn't really talk about that last time. I just... Uh, I because just, that like, would if... be... I mean, that the fucks are one thing. You can easily, like... Uh, edit those out and still play mm-hmm. the episode, but you can't easily like make a whole other second shot just that's a little bit racier yeah. for a later time slot or something. And like I said, maybe you know this is this is us giving the summer sausage treatment to a mm-hmm. a ball handling with a mug 
but I just don't care. I, I just think it's, it's the scene that was really pivotal for people, the way they talked about it. Everyone I've talked to, like friends around here who watched the show, were just like, oh, God. And then they all said, well, did he piss in it? Did he... what?" I don't know, because if you look at what he's putting up to his lips, it's super full. It's super full, yeah. It's, you can't be balls deep in that mug unless, like I said, micro penis. I think it's a, but that's not that's not just gonna that's not gonna happen. He's not gonna just not displ- put that no. on display. That that would be a sign of weakness in his mind. No, um, that's a anyway. So there you go. That that was my giant deep thought. <laughs> And, and then when he dumped it out on the desk and just... Although I, I think this was also a series of just completely defeated, screwed up size. I mean, even after he pours it out and he's just literally just drooling on the floor. Yeah. It's pretty epic. <laughs> it's pretty epic. And then when he picks it up and he just dumps that little last yeah. splash out. <laughs> and he can just barely... I honestly, I don't know if it's any grosser whether it was urine or just drinking somebody's ball water. Yeah, just from the cheese water. Yeah. Either way. Awful. Both awful. So yes. um, it, when he ducks out into like the stairwell or whatever to call Emmett, we're talking about Cy. Mm-hmm. He, did you notice how when he called Cy's office or when he called Emmett's office, the two glasses of scotch are still sitting on, on the table? <gasps> oh, wow. Um, still from the still previous seen. business meeting. The, the Yeah, the previous day's... Uh happenings which i think was a great touch because that shows like how distracted emmett is from like reality right now there's just so much going on between his brother between the stussy uh like weird business arrangement that's going on with varga between all this shit uh he's just so distracted and and they're showing it just through these tiny nuances like still there's still scotch glasses on his desk from 24 hours ago interesting also strange to me that none of the desks have computers. Mm. Size desk, no computer. Emmett's desk, no computer. At home, no computer. Yeah, that's true. And they're calling. I mean, there might be a. And they're calling landlines. Like he it was, might be a. He why why wouldn't he have called if he's in such an emergency to say hey this VM Varga guy and his business are like this is way worse than we thought why is he calling like a landline. Let me talk out loud on your answering machine. Yeah. <laughs> Although, did you notice? I think they're using Blackberries. Yeah, they're definitely... Which could be... Wait, what year is this again? It's 2010, I think. What, do we have iPhones yet in 2010? Uh, it 2009? It very close. Very close. Yeah, it was during a transition. So actually, hey. Well, no, Eden Prairie, you could get decent AT&T service down there. You just have to be a sucker to want to have AT&T. Sorry, AT and T, you can't sponsor our show. You I don't suck. I don't think AT and T, AT and T was not around. Well, Eden Prairie, yeah, like you said, Eden yeah, might have been in Eden Prairie. It was not in Fargo. At, no, at, in 2010, we had no AT and T. So, what do you make of this? Uh, what do you What do you make of Mary McDonald? Uh the widow, the widow. Sorry, the widow Goldfarb. The widow Goldfarb. I, I, yep. I love the introduction of um, somebody like her. Um, I don't especially know if you, at this you, point. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. nice to get that little surprise because who doesn't love seeing Mary McDonald? She's she's President Roslyn uh, to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I know she's. I know I I brought up Dan's whole stands stands with fist, but yeah, she she's that. She's she's all sorts of stuff. She's very talented. She's. I, I was I was happy to see her. 
Yeah, that was super exciting to, for her to be the widow Goldfarb. Um, that whole interaction with her and Sai, uh, it was, I don't know. It was, it was more, it was, it was nice to see her, but other than that, we didn't really get too much out of it. In my I, I think it was, I think it's just a setup for Sai figuring out how to unload something and then for us to watch completely how rattled he has become. Yeah, you know he's he's exactly supposed right. to be having this. He's he's normally kind of I would imagine in his regular capacity, Sai would have his shit together a little bit better than if, he does. Yeah, in he's this probably meeting. always kind of been the strong arm of Emmett, uh, but yeah. we're seeing him under pressure from much stronger, more powerful people, and he just realizes how much of a a big fish in a small pond he really was or is. Yeah. And, Which is uh, a lot say, like how people in Fargo can be, and probably anywhere. But you calling see lot- him a strong strong arm is a little, you know. I mean, comparatively speaking, it, you don't need a lot. You know, you see a lot strong- of um, like pretty successful businessmen in Fargo that yeah. really kind of act like they're the hot shit, but it's mostly because they're in a town, a tiny ass town, <laughs> yeah. and they are the king of parking lots. Well, she's not looking for a partner. She wants to move on. Yeah, which is perfect. Want, Everything she, she's saying is music to size ears right now. Yeah, you don't want a gold farb for an enemy is what she says. So I, I, I don't know. There's something I feel like could get tangled up here. Like he sees this crazy opportunity, but at the same time, I, you have to wonder if she's, she's a shrewd businesswoman and will screw him over if he doesn't, you know, if if this goes down the wrong way for her. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see where this, this part heads. Um, there was all, I mean, they're at the bears den place, but it was, they were both, you know, sitting at that table. And if you look at the scene, there's the deer between them, but then they each and just in front of them in frame on either side of that fireplace are two different birds. There's just birds everywhere in this show. There is a lot of mounted birds. So there's a softening of the will. I feel like we're going to have more to come on top of that, though. I just don't... I have no idea where or what. Well, he he is kind of hitting a roadblock there with the partnership. So I, whatever he was planning to do to get out of this, to, to find his uh, narrow escape solution... Yeah. Is, that, that window is kind of gone now. Yeah, because, I mean, this whole episode really is... Is I, I just I feel like we're getting twisted up more than ever by the writing on this show this season. So far, I feel like they're not relying on as much sensational death as they are on. Let me see. Let's push this plot, these plots, as far as we can. You know, let's see what we can do and how it makes see how twisted up and knotted up and weirded out these can get. And and I mean, you've got. Think about it. I mean, you got these crazy extra twists happening, and then we, we're layering this all over the the whole Peter and the Wolf story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then Jesus, we didn't even talk. Did we talk at the in the? Did we talk about the the wolf in the? <laughs> no, we did not talk about the wolf yet. <laughs> and the thing and oh, okay, time out. Mid show break. Hey, anyone who heard the podcast and it was like super weird and there was like audio issues, so sorry about that. Um, some of you may not hear it because I replaced the track. I don't know what happened. 
it was something was going down with my export and I had to get it fixed, but we, we unfortunately didn't, didn't know that was going on. My, that was my bad. Sharpie's bad. So, so sorry, but thanks for listening through the audio problem. So if you do ever hear that again, feel free to poke us, uh, and tell us what up with that. Ooh, we, what up with that? <clears throat> what up with that? <clears throat> thanks for the so anyway, PSA. Uh, yeah, sorry. I just it was one of those like I couldn't I felt so bad. I was like that would have just driven me absolutely insane trying to listen to a podcast like that. And it's all my bad. Bad it's, bill. If bad. It, if it did drive some people insane, they're probably not hearing this. Or maybe they uh, are because we're awesome. Are. Yay. Yay. Okay. I, I I think this scene at at Emmett's house with he and Ray was just I still think it's another I think it was really really written well they were like having an argument simultaneously about two different things that are important to them and and i i just like the emotion of it that that he's i still think it's i brought it up in the hot dish that emmett is i just would not have guessed how dedicated and reliant he is on his marriage for a man who's in my opinion prior to this been solely focused on his business and being on top of the world and i kind of think that in in another universe, Psy wants to be his wife. Psy <laughs> wants to be Emmett's his wife. wife. <laughs> yeah, you think so? You think that uh, that Hummer is just him, just trying to like speak out a little bit? Try, I don't know. I just mean like look re- look at the amount of things he wants to do for him, protect him, just to be there for him. He wants to, you know. Well, yeah. Clearly, uh, the most Hurry. loyal person to Emmett is Psy. In all yes. occasions, size always he always is trying to be the fixer. He's just really terrible at it right now. Yeah, uh, with these ingredients, um, to to all the chaos. But they they have all they have this entire conversation about what's going on and what did he was this the one I didn't write it down but I heard it the second time around about the assault with or the assault with kitchen. What did he say about the kitchen utensils or kitchen? Things. I just remember he said he put his schwanz in the mug Esther gave me. Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> I, I mean, I wrote that one down. But there's there's another line that he says about about kitchen stuff. Um, Fornicating with I, our kitchenware. Thank you. That's what it was. I think. Uh, did you catch the little the quick Delilah reference in there? What I thought was, I mean, I, I, anyone could kind of say that. I suppose I don't know if it has to tie completely to the plot, but you know, D- Samson and Delilah. If you want to know about that, go look it up. We don't need to go. Unless you want us to, which I don't think is necessary, you know, but that she's, you know, she's, she's like, maybe, maybe Ray was already not good, but this Delilah, you know, she's, she's weakening him even more. She's bringing him down to a completely different low level that he hasn't been on. And she's going to, she didn't cut his hair, but she shaved his, he shaved his stash for her. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Delilah's from the book of judges, right? That's the whole story. Samson and Delilah, and then she cuts his hair, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a terrible description <laughs> of Delilah, but... I wanted to put in like a nice little pause there. You did, just so I could completely understand how terrible I did at it? Yep. <laughs> no. No, I, th- I right. do think that is interesting. I did want to mention, real briefly, uh, the Bears' den when they're leaving. A couple interesting things. Uh, okay. First of all, that they're... When Size leaving the Bears Den after his meeting with Widow Goldfarb. There's like a butler kind of looking guy 
in the parking lot. I wonder if that's like her chauffeur or something. Um, Maybe she's got her own uh, Yuri and Mimo. Yeah, that's uh, so that guy might come back. I mean, he was very. It was very purposely there, um, so I thought that was interesting. Like that character was definitely placed there on purpose, like with intention. Uh, oh, and, and I see maybe, maybe he's just a dapper-looking gentleman, and he's there just to like provide more evidence that this is like a swanky place. Uh, so you're assuming that that's her car, and the guy in the I'm, black suit is I'm, hers. I'm wondering. Yeah, it seems like it could be because it's also mm. like a fancy, uh, older, very well-kept car. You don't think she got in the black T-bird on the other side? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I mean, she could have. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, making an observation. I think that I th- I'm interested in if that's more development, if that's to be development for her character or if it's supposed to be just development for, like, the actual place that they're at. Yeah. Which Here made comes- me think immediately of the the Bear's Den near Fargo. Yeah, which I think oh, is geez, gone. Oh, the bears! <laughs> that 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 bears den is gone. The one that wasn't that up north towards in Shelley, Minnesota. In there used Shelley, to be a Minnesota. place called the Bears Den. So this would be about an hour from Fargo, and it'd be a hike from Eden Prairie, uh, probably <laughs> probably four four and a half hours. And this was uh, just a strip club in this tiny town in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Yes, uh, which was a destination for many a bachelor party for a very brief time in Fargo history. <laughs> I've never been. But Neither have I. It does I've it never, did look very similar it. to that Bears Den in the sense of it just being like a building a building like out in the open, like tundra plains. Well, fun fact, fun fact here. <laughs> the bear from our from our, our favorite tipster up north. The Bears Den is a real place. That's the real restaurant name. I don't know if that's the real sign. I think that was put up and faked. But if you go to bearsdencalgary.com, you can you can see what it's all about, and they, uh, that you know, are it's tasting menus. Uh, they've got tasting menus that are one hundred and ten to one hundred and eighty dollars with wine. So, that, so it's that like that. What we're seeing that conversation with Cyan Widow Goldfarb is the actual Bears Den. That's the inside of it. All those, all wow. those reliefs, all those reliefs are really on the wall there. Okay. Go to, go to bearsdencalgary.com and you can check it out. Yeah, I didn't want to read too much into those reliefs because that is rather elaborate to kind of pull off for what I imagine the Fargo budget is. Um, right. So I, I think it's probably, yeah, yeah. But they were cool. They made good no, use of them. No, they're fun. I, that's what I mean. They, 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 look, they look great. But yeah, it's uh, for the Epicurious, uh, let Chef, I don't know, J-A-P-P, Jap or Yapper, Whop. Uh, do your whole table, hundred and ten dollars per person. Sounds fancy. You want to do it with some chef's table wine pairings? I gotta say though, a little disappointed in the graphic for this. You know, if I if I see you know behind this, if you go to dining room, the graphic of the booze behind there, it's like really fancy place, and you've got Captain Morgan in the back room and Malibu rum. <laughs> Get it together, Bears Den. You gotta go high shelf. Get something better. Get some teeling Irish whiskey or some Master's Keep. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Gosh, I really need I, I really need another another drink. <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> anyway, so 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 Ray and Emmett have their hole out there, and and then they both finally seem to realize whatever it is, and he just wants to get his wife back. He doesn't care. He wants to make this this shit go away because now you know it's one thing to be <clears> messing with him. Right, that's what I feel like for for 
for Emmett, it's it's one thing to mess with me, Ray. It's another thing to mess with my happiness and my family and my wife and the trust she's supposed to have. Yeah. With him and oh shit, I just did something. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's not good. Well, uh, you know, for VM Varga, I think this is this plays to his advantage. Although he's well, he's using it for he's using this as a tool to undercut Psy a little bit. But for v, for um, Emmett to be in this emotional disarray with his brother seems like a, it would be a place where VM Varga would want him. So he's distracted and he's not really paying attention to the business dealings that are going on uh, where he just kind of like sits in the corner and cries and weeps about his wife in a fake sex tape. Sniffing her, can, like, sniffing really her bathrobe while he does it. Dig their claws into Stussy, the Stussy Corporation. Right. And it's, it's like prime. It's just primed for mistakes, right? Yeah. Just making decisions that way. Like being being that emotionally caught up is just to me is going to prime him to make serious mistakes. Well, that's for sure going to happen. Um, so then we see Varga using this as a using Ray to his advantage by using Ray as this like uh, theoretical like uh, fist for Psy. Like Psy's using Ray as a tool to get after Stussy Emmett. Um, and now, now side now. Or wait, what am I? No, no, no. I got this backwards. Um, <laughs> it's got to be your bowl. <laughs> you can get a good look at a T bone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I shouldn't be like watching it while I'm trying to figure it out. Well, it's yeah. You're, you're just making a reference. VM saying basically we can't trust Sai, and that Sai might be behind. Um, Sai might be using Ray and be behind this whole thing. Right? Yeah, it's and brilliant, right? It is awesome, and then. Emmett saying like, no, Sai Sai's been with him this whole time. Sai like, uh, what was the specific thing he mentioned about the? Uh, you jumped ahead in my notes here. I could dig it up here, but you're talking about when they're sitting in the parking garage. Yeah. Um, he man, the way he appeared in the parking garage too with with uh, I think it was Brahms was playing, right? Isn't it? Uh, I can turn. Yeah, and it's just this, like he appears like an angel unto thee in the parking garage, and gets in his beamer. But yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said. Um, I should have wrote that down. Anyway, um, yeah, that's just a, a brilliant move to get um, Emmett to turn on Psy because Psy, the more people, the less people that VM Varga has to deal with, the better. So as long as he can start eliminating these people by. Um, Destroying their credibility in front of the people that saw or that VM Varga needs to have around, like Emmett Stussy, um, that's what's going to happen. And I, th- I also found it interesting that VM Varga brought up this idea that you know it says Stussy Limited or whatever, but doesn't say which Stussy. Right. So that's also kind of a hint to Emmett that you know he could be disposable too, and maybe uh, maybe VM Varga could just put his brother in his place. And just keep going because yeah. he's obviously of questionable moral character. I also like when he they got in the car too that he brought up is how's your wife? You know, like he's like well, you know he was kind of like, uh, what? What do you? What do you? And then he's like, oh, thank her for the pork chops. Yeah. Even though we know he's listening. 
But yeah, oh, I know what you're thinking about. It was the line about the people think that you're colluding, and he he knows that they got into the bank and and all that. And <clears throat> yes, and he said uh, it was about drilling out the uh, safe deposit box. And yeah. Emmett goes, well, Cy said it was drilled out. And BN yeah. Barga's like, well, that's what Cy said, but do we really know? Do you uh, know? Yeah, you, we don't know. Yeah. I'm saying it's not. <laughs> yeah, because that's when he's talking about uh, Buck Olander. Yep. You know, oh, yeah, he calls him. Sorry, I just I just quickly went back here. He calls him your consigliere, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, so that's what I mean. Like, so that's what I was saying. There's, there's a lot of just, that's why I was talking about this. This episode is just a lot of plot. You know, I mean, I think you and I have been so waiting for like somebody to get up an axe in the face or a stab in the back or, you know, take your niece out in the woods and kill her. But that hasn't happened yet. And I feel like they're just turning more, they're tightening the screws a lot more this, this season. I mean, it's tense right now. And I just, I, I'm doing the whole like, okay, now who the hell can you kill? And then the other weird thing outside of, you know, if we skip back to, um, uh, chief, chief, I'm using air quotes, chief Damick and, and chief Gloria, man, that guy's just, he's just a class A asshole. And it's the, look how, you know, I still stand by my phrase. I brought up that I literally typed, why is Damick such a cocksucker? Uh, he's an asshole, but it turns out the uh, the the weather balloon the balloon story is true. <laughs> kind you know of, that? yeah, yeah. It's a you go just just do weather balloon. Laura Buxton. Laura Buxton. Yeah, you can search that. Um. So yeah, it's uh yeah. Even Snopes calls it mostly true. But I'm um, just saying, coming back to your yeah. Pravda na Pravda, it's it's as true as you feel like interpreting it to be. Yep. Right? Uh, yeah. And there's been a couple podcasts on this Laura Buxton story also, um, not related to the show Fargo. But um, it's, yes, yeah, it's this whole uh, interesting things. It's, it's this whole idea about how interesting it is because how interesting it is to tell a story by leaving certain facts out to make the story uh, just more entertaining, I guess. Um, right. So, like, the whole story with this Laura Buxton uh, wrote a letter, um, tied it to a balloon, sent it off, and then... In in the show, they say like fifty miles from there, the balloon drops down, and a little girl finds it of the same age and the same name, Laura Buxton. What? Um, where I mean, essentially, that is what happened. Uh, it was a fir- it was a, a bigger distance. It was like one hundred and forty miles or something, um, but it didn't drop down into another Laura Buxton's backyard. It dropped down into the neighborhood. And one of the neighbors knew of a girl named Laura Buxton, so they yeah. brought it to her. So, like, although, like, it's technically it's not, still not found true. Its, it still found its way to a Laura Buxton. It's kind of a, yeah. And they weren't yeah. the same age. They were close. Uh, yeah. But, but they, that's, they but said, isn't, they isn't said that like, all that goes? Like, the, yeah, the story is about all these similarities. Like, they're the same age. They're the same. They had, they both had a lab. They both had a guinea pig. They both had this. They both had that. Um, sure. They both had things that a lot of young girls have. <laughs> they, but, if, but as soon as you start mentioning all the things that are different, it becomes much less interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting that, uh, it was cool that they, well, it's that just, up. I, I do still just think it ties to exactly what you're saying, though. It, in in these the way where it's it's like it's all in how you tell the truth, right? 
is if it's if it seems real or not, and especially in the current age we're living in, where everybody's twisting uh, the the truth to be where they they think it is. But I I like how the car scene ended though in that garage. Still, I brought it up again, so I'm saying again about the souffle. The it is fluffy and delicious, but don't agitate it, you know. And I still think that that's him saying this. All these little things. You and I are partners now, and these. People around you are annoying me, and I, I, I'm worried he's going to start picking off the people he doesn't. I, I think I don't know. I feel like Sai could die soon, but the yes. problem is, is that there. So now there's like I just don't even know how to draw this Venn diagram right now. Those the, problems, like all the all the kind of villainous people, Emmett and Ray at VM and all these people, but then the crossing over of like police are looking for you. You know, because of two different things, but they're kind of together on it now. And then you introduce um, <laughs> his name, just FYI, is LaRue Dollars <laughs> from the FBI or the IRS. Is it the IRS or the FBI? IRS, uh, played by played by Hamish uh, Linkletter, um, who who I actually I always like this guy on all the shows he's in. He was he was fun to watch on. I haven't seen all of Legion, but I know he's in it. But he's also in. Uh, he was he played Jerry Dantana in Newsroom. Did you watch Newsroom? The Newsroom. I did. Yep. So he was Jerry Dantana in that uh, um, that series. If you are if you were into watching preachy shows, anyway. Uh, but yeah. So now there's this other overlapping problem, you know. So now I'm wondering how 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 is this going to affect. What I assume is VM Varga's ability to make these problematic people disappear. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, of course. Like, like <clears throat> right now, the, the the police are in tandem, currently looking to talk to both the Stussies. Mm-hmm. They haven't figured out, and guess who's the sneaky one who no one knows who she is yet? Nikki. Nobody completely knows who Nikki is right now. He's just. She's just somebody who was bone in the thing, but they'd to find that out, they'd have to go ask some deep questions at the parole office. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they're they're looking for Cy because they need to talk to him to find out who ran the car into something. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're looking Nikki's for a, they're still looking. like loosely tied in um, because she was brought up by uh, the Gloria's little sidekick buddy when- about the fake name. About the the name, about the air conditioner in the winter, uh, the statement that she had made or whatever. So she's very loosely, distantly kind of looped in that they could could find there. They could follow that little thread and and get to her. But so far, nothing major. Yeah, I mean, because at some point they might have to say, well, why did he get fired or why did he leave his job at at parole? But still, she's Nikki's name is not known to them. Mm-hmm. But then you then you completely tie this into well now the IRS is here and they're wanting to do stuff. They don't know VM's name, but they see him. He's like, well, is that Mister Feltz over there? Mm-hmm. Like, nope, that's uh, Mister Feltz is not. He you know just doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how he's like, we have fake books. Yeah. So so that that whole thing goes on. Sorry, I was just I was coming back to that. I just. Watching VM sit there and pick his teeth, and you know how many partners do you have? And he's just like, I two or you know, mm-hmm. it's a mess. It's mm-hmm. a huge mess right now. And it's like, how do you how do you murder people and make them kowtow to what you need outside of what we learn um, about that the, the beating on Nikki that comes up after this? Mm-hmm. 
So do you think that the Stussy headquarters are basically the Stussy headquarters is the house of special purpose? Because they are um Emmett and Sire are, are kind of imprisoned by this business now that somebody else is leading. Um, they've got the fake books, uh, very similar to the house of special purpose with the like fake information being funneled through, uh, to basically taint the, the, um, credibility of the Imperial family and ultimately sure. used to murder them. Um, so they could be the Imperial family, Emmett and Ray or Emmett and Sai. Yeah. I like that. Inside the house you- of special purpose, which is Stussy headquarters. Did you just make that shit up right now? I did. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> it's you just sh- an idea. You, sh- you you did learn a lot last night at the Ice Cube concert. <laughs> uh, that is where I was. That is a fact. Ice Cube and Fantagram. Sorry I couldn't make it. I'm still bummed. That would have been sweet. I never even thought of that. Wow, we, we could have done a show together. We could have done a show together in the same room. Usually we managed to squeeze one in. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Well, we don't. Hey, whoever wants to sponsor that next year, flying Bill out to see Sharpie. <laughs> uh, but but no, that no. You're, you are right. I mean, but it's isn't it all the same? It's all this. You know the it's it's this it's that whole like the narrow escape. It's all these things that are slowly. Yes, you're right. They're all being imprisoned by their own failings in judgment too. Mm-hmm. But I like that. I like that a lot. I want to just end on that now. Okay. But we can't. We can't. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. No. We can we can dude. Do you want to talk uh do you want to talk bologna sandwiches this time for like 20 minutes? <laughs> the people need to know our opinions on encased meat products. Maybe there's a post show we do where we just talk about midwestern stuff for everybody. You didn't happen to make a hot dish today, did you? I didn't cuz well you, you I thought we were going to alternate. I was going to do a Sunday then you were, but you made one Wednesday on the hot dish. I so made technically one, this is Yeah, I made a hot today? dish hot dish. No, I did not make one today. Today I made eggs in a cloud. <laughs> oh. Oh, you fallen into that Instagram trend <laughs> yeah. right now? God, did you I just had Did to you do see it. that in the Did you see that in Apple News? Is that why you did it? Uh, uh I don't know where. I think oh, Callie okay. brought it up. That's that's funny because I Callie made is. <laughs> I, Callie's a friend of ours. She's awesome. Uh, I also made. It's funny you say that because I made. I got up this morning and made uh, egg muffins. You know, like little egg bakes. Oh yeah, <laughs> in, in muffin tins this morning. So look at us getting all domestic did, did you, and shit. Did you use the uh, like? Did you? How did you do it? Did you just pour like an egg mixture in a muffin tin? Oh no! Or did no, you make no. like a bacon weave cup or something? This was a, I want to do this. I realized I didn't have some. Oh, there goes Callie behind you. Um, God, he's skinny. I hate him. Uh, <laughs> it's true. No, I, I, I actually needed, I was looking for a way to get rid of the extra tater tots from my hot dish from last week. Okay. And it just so happened that I had almost the right amount. So yeah, fun tip. Warm, get the tater tots to a place where they're not completely frozen. Put three per cup. Did you mash them down? Then, yep. Then I squashed them down with a like a small cup, and then I baked those for like ten minutes at four hundred. Did you grease the cookie sheet first? Hell's yeah. Okay. Well, I don't people, want that. Shit. People I don't need to that. know these details. You can. I don't. You don't want to. Well, I'm not. This is. Oh God, yes. Okay. Fine. People are first. Ask. I sprayed the, <laughs> with a nonstick cooking spray. I could have lubricated with butter, but I didn't. Anyway, then I did. Yeah, I just poured in some eggs and cheese. 
What kind of cheese? Scrambled. Just some Colby Jack. I didn't get crazy. It was. I was. I just. I. I finished. I finished that. I finished the rest of the cheese that was left over from the hot dish, and I didn't have any sausage or anything else left. So that's all it was. But now I have these extra ones, so I'll have those for breakfast this week. There you go, Fargo Talks. That's a great fans. So that's what I did. So now they're in a zip top bag in my refrigerator, and they came out nice and nice on the bottom, and it's delicious. Maybe we should do mini hot dishes. Yeah, mini hot dishes. Nobody what? does that. <laughs> like they're self served. Oh, oh damn, that's okay, kind of what I do because I'm just a single dude. Yeah, well, me too. Well, that's me. Yeah, it's just me and Laura. So that's all we got. It's just hard. It's hard to make a hot dish for two people because then you got to eat hot dish for like. Yeah, but then if, if you made a single serve hot dish, then you kind of miss out on your theory of the hot dish being way better the next day. Yeah, I'm really learning to do half hot dishes. Yeah, like half the do size. a half dish, like, like like the square, the square pan, like the nine by nine. Mm-hmm. Well, there we are. Let's okay. So we come back to the scene by the song <laughs> "Tracksuit" by the Minor Mishap Marching Band. What do you know and, about uh, this? He wants nothing. I just, it was just, I'm just trying to bring us back to the actual reason people listen to our show. Um, Cy and Nikki are there. What does he say? He says something to her. Well, we can find out a little more on Tuesday when we talk to Maggie. No, when we come back to this, though, he says, like, let's go deeper or something like that. He said something really, it's okay. So, also, if you time code it, it says upbeat jazz music playing. But here's the thing I, I was wondering about is he says this and then he's like, what are they, who are they worried is going to see them? How got to see what he says. What's, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Away from the road is what he says to her. But I'm like, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is going to see them in the first place? And, and on top of it, it's just like, I, okay, so that's the part I want to remember. It's so we're on, at it's him being unshackled and trying to like... They could have been, been in the perfect spot, but he's going to change the spot because he's the one that's in charge. He's calling the shots. Okay, I like he's that. Unshackled Psy. Yeah. Psy unchained. <laughs> Just like a graphic of him breaking chains with his, <laughs> with his, the wench, which I assume is on the front of his. But I mean, so they're at this lot, though. This is the part. Here's where I'm thinking about it. So, okay. Take us in. What? I started wondering, what if they killed her? What if, what if, what if, what if? All this stuff, right? And I'm thinking, oh, no, that they can't be that dumb. This this is tying into what I was just talking about a minute ago with all the cops that are overlapping all the problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you already had a dude take a header off one of your parking ramps, right? Blumpkin uh, did. Was it their parking ramp? Oh, maybe not. Maybe it was his. But, okay, but still, the point is, there's there's a lot of cops. There's the cops. We already know. Maybe they don't know the FBI is there yet. But why would you murder somebody on a stussy lot? Right. I'm looking back at it now. I'm going, no way they would murder her. This was this was a message. Granted, I'm still I still feel the same way about Cy. I mean, he did at least go, guys, you don't have to, but but heaven forbid you move your feet, you jerk, and save oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from any kind of damage whatsoever. Jeez, guys. Well, you know what it also could have been? It could have... I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Um, they didn't beat up her face. They didn't create any, like, super visible markings on her body, on her body like, that would be obvious if you're just a regular clothed person. Uh, so maybe they knew exactly what they were doing, and they were, and they were going for the murder, but have the death take place after they're out of the scene. In, in other words... 
let her drive home and die from internal bleeding, and that will look a lot cleaner on their part because they'll be long gone. Right. So she might I, still she might still be a a dead kitty. We don't know for sure. Uh, we know she's. Mm. I mean, she's she's technically alive, uh, from what we last saw. But she could be dying a slow, painful death, and that just might be that guy's way with his cosmic whip. Well, that's what I. So I when I went back and watched again, and so after, okay, we we all get it. That scene's awful, and everybody I know was scared because everybody seems to like Nikki Swango's character. Mm-hmm. Just. A, because of the lines. B, because she's... Why do I always do A, B, and C? Whatever, I'm a jerk. Uh, but I just... People seem to like it. and But yeah, I think I think if you go back and look, there's these very specific marks that don't look like fist marks. I think he did whip her with the Cossack whip, but I just thought, well, how much does that hurt through the coat? I mean, a fair amount, but how much? You I know? mean, there's like a metal rod in there. Is there? No. I think not so. a Cossack whip. No. That there was. You can get one online for $229.95 at RussianMartialArt.com, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Is, uh, do we have an affiliate link for that? <laughs> no, we don't. Wait, what? I'm really confused. Evidently, these whips... Uh, wow, there is a steel rod through the entire length of the whip. You're right. What kind of S&M shit are you into? Dude, I know my whips. Uh, anyway, there's some sort, it's like considered to be a medicinal thing. And I'm looking at a review and it's like, the Cossack Whip can be psychologically intimidating when you first look at them, but the healing and restorative benefits were felt long after the massage experience was delivered. <laughs> the massage experience. Uh, what? Says who? Uh, this was a <laughs> review by Carlos Guzman on the no, Russian this... martial arts site. Yeah. Well, Carlos, I'm good luck with that, buddy. Maybe it's for the healing of uh, your revolution. Oh, gosh. Man, what just happened to us today? I don't know. Well, I'm, just, I'm glad she's alive. I want to know what happens. I really want to know what happens. And uh, hats off to, to Noah for singing World Party. It was Noah. Yep, you were uh, you called that, I think, didn't you? Uh, we brought up the idea that it could be. Ship of Fools. Oh, did you make anything of the opening... We've seen the fish tank at Ray's place, but when we enter, and I love how he's just happily riding the bus after his just huge argument with his brother. Mm-hmm. But when he comes in, there's like one of those like like a sucker, <laughs> sucker fish. Yeah, and I just I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, was that intentional or were they just like ah, hey, that screw looks cool? It. We're not gonna, we're not we don't need to get anybody to stick their hand in the fish tank and get rid of that. Just just shoot. <laughs> I think it would probably look cool in the like they were probably framing it up and we're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Although I did, did see all- the, I did see the sucker. He was in the pretty much the exact same spot when they were making the sex tape. Um, oh, okay. So they definitely, you know, shot those all together, which of course everybody would assume. Um, but I saw it the first time when they were making the sex tape because I was looking at the fish and I was like, "Is there any symbolism in the fish?" And then I saw the sucker and I was like, "Ha ha! It's because he's a sucker." And then they like went full on framing it into the shot later on in the show, and I was like, "Oh." Maybe that maybe that is a sign. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a fish. Maybe it's just a fish. I, well, every time I see fish tanks, I I always think about season one and the what if you're wrong and they're right, <laughs> or what if they're right? You know the the mm-hmm. fish going the wrong, the orange fish going the other way. Yeah. I feel like we haven't made a lot of revelations here today. I'm worried. 
Is this is this I is think this, we have. this show getting? To I think us? we figured I think, out. Well, I the, think you made a big. I think you made a big one. I just sound like a turd today. We figured out the house of special purpose, or we have some ideas on that. We're still talking about this idea of facts and truth, which is, uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, could couldn't be any more relevant. Um, Zach, this writer Zach Handlin, I think his name is on AV Club. He had a quote. Actually, wrote this down. Let me pull it up. He had a little line okay. that I thought was awesome. He said he basically says there are concerns about the value of truth in a world where people's actions are driven by what they believe, regardless of whether or not it's true. He's talking about the show Fargo, but he could be talking about the political current climate. state of our political yeah. climate. That does that our the state of truth in our political climate in this country is feeling that way now. But we've been lied to a lot. Yeah. So the Germans look at you look hey think about Germany East Germany think about all the lies that happened there mm-hmm. and we still have to come back to that um, we do in the show we really so do we will that will be an interesting tie-in we haven't had any part of that world enter the story since the very first scene of the season oh man so who okay so, I feel like we do have to do a who dead next now well. The wolf is on the prowl for sure. He's been circling, um, and we and we see the wolf in the last shot, the very last shot of this episode. Mm-hmm. So we just see a little silhouette, like back of a backlit wolf. Or <laughs> all I could think about was that song. That's like, what does the fox say? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I thought it because I thought it looked like a beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it looked like. Um, Somebody was just wearing like a, a wolf head I, hat. Oh man, I thought it was just—I didn't know what it was. It was ominous to me. Yeah. So the wolf has been—they—they've been circling, and I think that shot says is saying to us, "Hey, shit's about to go down. Get ready. The wolf's out." Yeah. And it's bodies be dropping. I—I I also think it's the whole. Oh God. I mean, we've we've had this whole wolf thing happen in season one. We, I feel like we, you and I had some small conversations about the wolf being tucked into season two as well. Um, but I'm wondering this this whole outside wolf thing is I don't know. It makes me think a little bit too of just even that bah, scene with Maurice Lefay when he was just had that super spitty mouth and. Uh, it I is very much like that shot. Yeah. Oh I'm, wow! When I look at that oh, shot God, on my th- computer, it is freaky. Yeah, it's way. It's way. See, I told you. Oh, that is weird. That's why when you're like, ah, it's like whatever. I'm like, no, dude. You can like see, like the the muzzle on that thing isn't like smooth like a dog's. It's like all gnarled up, you know, and like lumpy like a. Fat guy's back of his neck. Yeah. <laughs> but not in the fat guy back of the neck kind of way. In I didn't the, see any of that come through on my in television. The, in the furrowed brow sense. And, you know, it's the, you know, and what is it? It's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's like, it's some satanic shit to me. Yeah, that is creepy. You know, it's, and it, it doesn't. I love that they looks do that like kind of it, stuff. It looks like it's a person. 
Do you know? I mean, look at the stature of it. It yeah, looks that's like it's stand. It's standing. It's not. It's not a dog just sitting. It's just, that's why oh, I thought God. it was just like some sort of hipster nerd in like a, a dog hat fervor fervy. Oh God, you got a suit. <laughs> but then when I look at it on my on my computer with the brightness up, it is like actually pretty. So ominous. you make this stunning revelation about the house of special purpose <laughs> being Stussy Lots Limited, and yet you think the ending is what does the fox say? Yep. What the fox is wrong with you? Well, I don't know. I think we should let's let's call it. Okay. I think your your insight was good. Mine was bad. The only good thing I did was tell everybody how to make muffin cups, egg, egg muffin things. Tune in next time where we'll be cooking, cooking with green beans. <laughs> cooking with green beans and uh, green beans. Rain. Eric Covert. Uh, Eric Covert. And French's fried onions. Yes. So I don't know. I I think. I think somebody. I think they're gonna kill somebody big next time. Okay, so let's get back to it. Who do you think it's gonna be? I I don't think they will, but I think it might be. I think it might be Ray, or not Ray. Um, Sai, Sai, Sai. I'm going. Are you with, going with Sai? Yeah, definitely. I mean, who else could be? The only rando thing could be they they kill. LaRue Dollar. <laughs> that could happen. That could be a good call, though. Yeah. LaRue Dollars is his name. Hamish Linklater's character. I, I And I also... this Here's what's going to happen, too. I don't know if it's going to be killed by VM Varga, either. I don't know. Somebody made I, a really... I feel like the next episode's going to have to be really Gloria-oriented. I really feel that way. Somebody um, on the subreddit made a pretty interesting observation. They said, in the actual... Um, symphony of Peter and the Wolf, the audience is always left um, sort of in this ambiguous state of not really knowing if the wolf actually killed somebody from the, oh, like one of the okay. characters. They said in the, right. and I haven't seen it in forever, um, but like you're always kind of left wondering if that was, if, if so-and-so was actually killed by the wolf and you never actually see it happen. Huh. I don't know. So we'll find out. I'm looking forward to Wednesday. All this and more Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Tune in. We'll see you with the well, hot dish. Yeah. We'll get so you thanks with a lot that for hot in, folks. dish. As, yeah. As uh, as always, we re- keep keep your comments coming. We love it. You can reach us at, at Fargo Talks Fargo on the Twitter. You can look that up on Facebook. You can email us at podcast at Fargo Talks Fargo. We'll, we do all the business. And uh, yeah, I... Somebody's got to die. Somebody's going to die. We just have to. We know. I think the wolf is telling us that for sure. That that's going to yes. happen. Somebody's on the hunt. We only Somebody's got, hungry. Is, is this, is this going to be 10 episodes? Right? I think so, yeah. I think so. So we've only got four left, man. I, I feel like we say that every year and we never know. I don't think we ever really do know anything. No. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. No, it's there's 10. There's 10. It is 10. So, hey, man, we'll catch you next time, okay, then? I'll talk to you on Tuesday. On Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, duh, yeah, yeah. But but we they won't hear from us on the podcast till next time. Till Wednesday. Yeah. All right, enjoy your hot dish <laughs> and your airy covert or green beans. Green beans. Okay. All right, have a good one. All right, later. Okay, bye. 
Okay, now we'll see you later. Yeah, I suppose I should go. Well, yeah, it's, I should, yep, I should get going. Okay, bye. All righty. Well, you have a good one. <laughs>